In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin, technical analysis, as well as breaking news. Every national treasury will need to hold Bitcoin, according to major asset manager Franklin Templeton. Let's go. We'll also be discussing who is El Loco, aka Javier Malay, and what's his stance on Bitcoin, the new Argentine president. I'll be breaking this down for you. We'll also be discussing the latest with the SEC being accused of gaslighting in the new Coinbase rulemaking dispute. I'll be sharing the latest between the SEC and Coinbase. We'll also be discussing Saudi Aramco considering digital assets and more. In fact, Max Kaiser dropped the bombshell. What I heard nine months ago and reported on is happening. Aramco is doing a Michael Saylor and putting billions of dollars into Bitcoin. FOMO is real. The high priest also shares the KSA, which is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and Qatar are about to drop $1 trillion into Bitcoin. We'll also be sharing his prediction of the God candle of $100,000 in a single uptick. We're also going to be discussing spot Bitcoin ETF approval will propel the Bitcoin price to a million dollars in 2024 in a matter of days to weeks after that ETF approval, according to Samson Mao. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much freaking more, in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts. Net. Today is pod episode number 1493. I'm your host, JV, and today is December 16th, 2023. We have lots to cover, so let's kick it off with our market watch as we do each and every day. You can see Bitcoin in the green, which we love to see. Bitcoin trading actually above 42500 over on Coin360. On ETH, we have it trading at $2,250, also in the green. ICP, Head of the pack, uh, up 42% in the past 24 hours, which is pretty impressive. We have ADA and AVAX also in the green, while BNB, Solana, and XRP are correcting. And in the red, they say when in doubt, zoom out. Let's see how we look on the weekly. Bitcoin down roughly 4% of the week. XRP down almost 8%. AVAX killing it on the weekly, up over 40%. And zooming out for the monthly, let's see how we're looking in the overall market here. Bitcoin is up over 12% on the month. Ether up 9%, Solana 14%, Cardano 62%, and AVAX straight killing the game. Up 107% in the past 30 days. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap still sitting above 1.61 trillion with about 48 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance back on the decline at 51.6%, the Ether dominance also back on the decline at 16.8%. So it seems many of the alts are rising against the two top cryptos in the market. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours. As I mentioned earlier, ICP killing it up 42% on the daily, up 90% on the week. I wonder what's going on there. I know you guys are pretty bullish on ICP, so let me know. Filecoin is up 20% on the daily, just trading above $5.90, followed by Flare up almost 14%, trading at just under two cents. And below that, we have Shiba Inu, Arweave, Osmosis. Which particular altcoins are you most bullish on for this bull run? Please let JV know in those comments down below. And checking out the crypto bubbles for a visual perspective of the market. Yesterday, Blunk was up like 100%. Today, it's pulling back down 26%. Again, ICP killing it, up 43%. Filecoin up almost 22%. Osmo up almost 10%. And Shib up over 11%. And checking out the crypto 
Greed and Fear Index. We're currently rated a 67. Greed, yesterday a 70, last week a 73, and last month a 70 in greed. So there you have it, my crypto fam. We're halfway through December. It's been one hell of a year thus far. Bitcoin's up roughly 160% on the year. So massive congratulations to all my Bitcoin hodlers out there. Let's get it. But anyways, we have so much to cover. So let's kick it with our Bitcoin TA. Check out some of the charts, aka we call this uh, astrology for men, uh, technical analysis. So shout out to all my broskies out there. Here we go. Here's the latest. Here's the headline. Bitcoin whales aim to reclaim 42 after the price dives over 3%. In fact, we already reclaimed 42. We're at 42.5 right now. Looking to reclaim 43, baby. Bitcoin tap lows beneath 41.7 after the December 15th Wall Street opened yesterday as the price action fielded fresh sell side pressure. Here you're looking at the Bitcoin one hour candle chart. Bitcoin balks at the SEC. Coinbase rejection. Bitcoin from a fresh recovery from snap volatility the day prior failed to hold its ground at 43 G's, baby. As Bitcoin bulls were denied, the upside continuation, the Bitcoin price weakness accompanied the news that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission had refused the request by major exchange Coinbase to rework the rules of crypto. And in fact, later, that's going to be a featured story we discuss in greater detail. But here's what the chairman, Mr. Gary Gensler, had to share. Today, the commission denied a petition for rulemaking filed on the behalf of the Coinbase Global Inc., I was pleased to support the commission's decision for three reasons. First, existing laws and regulations apply to the crypto securities market. Second, the SEC addresses the crypto securities markets through rulemaking as well. And third, it is important to maintain commission discretion in setting its own rulemaking priorities. And let me add a number four. I'm no Claire Gare, so let's reflect this and discuss something else besides the ETF, please. <laughs> now, the SEC is already implicated in the crypto market narrative thanks to expectations of the first approved Bitcoin ETF in early 2024. In fact, the top ETF analysts over at Bloomberg, we're talking about James Safart and Eric Balchunez, are both dead set on a 90% approval chance between the window of January 5th and January 10th being the next big deadline. That's less than a month away. Let me know if you feel we're going to get that green light. Now, in an interview with Bloomberg on the 13th, which we did a react session to two shows ago on Rumble, if you missed it, check it out. Gensler acknowledged recent legal proceedings linked to the agency's repeated rejections of the spot Bitcoin ETF apps. The SEC said, does things according to our authorities and how courts interpret our authorities. And that's what we'll do here as well. Analyzing the latest setup on the order books, we have SKU flagging increasing bid, uh, bid, uh, sorry, bid support, which has been intensifying at 41,000. Quoting them here alongside the charts, increasing bid def around 41 Gs will be interesting from here. Active supply around 44,000. Now, subsequent analysis highlighted the low timeframe exponential moving averages. Now back in play. Quoting them here for the four-hour chart, Price contesting the four-hour exponential moving averages, again, and the relative strength index below 50 currently, which is an important close coming up. Those spot bids line up with the four-hour, the 100 exponential moving average, and the 18-day exponential moving average. Now let's discuss this Fibonacci. Zooming out, we had co-founder of Trading Resource Material Indicators revealing the ongoing struggle to flip a key weekly level back 
into support. This came in the form of the 0.5 Fibonacci retracement line near 42.5, which is precisely where we're currently at. One of the several key hurdles to overcome on the way towards the 69,000 all-time highs. Quoting analyst Keith Allen, if we look at the Fibonacci levels from the all-time high to the macro swing low for BTC, we find ourselves testing support inside the golden pocket. That is bullish if the 0.5 Fibonacci holds and leads to a breakout above the 0.618 level. But at the moment, there seems to be a battle to hang. Now, material indicators further showed large volume traders increasing their buy-in activity, which is a good sign. That's the smart money, aka the whales. Quoting him here, mega whales are buying and trying to reclaim 42,000. And in fact, they have been buying and we just reclaimed 42,000. So definitely a good sign. Let me know how bullish you guys are for Bitcoin this month of December, considering we only have two weeks left until January of 2024, only about a week and a half until Christmas. It's time. Let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss the latest from asset management giant, Franklin Templeton predicting the following. As you can see in the headline, every national treasury will need to hold Hold Bitcoin. Bring it. Developing countries will continue to adopt the king crypto before it eventually becomes imperative for all national treasuries to hodl. According to the $1.5 trillion asset manager, Franklin Templeton, the investment firm's head of digital asset and investor advisory service, Sandy Call, spoke at length this week about the future of Bitcoin adoption from its place within the investor portfolios to its technology stack to its role amongst nations and governments. And according to this analyst, Bitcoin is already becoming an attractive tool for the less developed nations to compete with the larger economies on a more equal playing field by combining their buying power around the digital currency. Quoting her here, I think that you'll see more of that, she said in an interview on the Coin Stories pod. Also, shout out to Natalie Brunel, the host of the Coin Stories pod. I think also that it's going to become something that every treasury needs to hold because portions of their business will just be facilitated more easily through Bitcoin payments. Preach. Now, while acknowledging that CBDCs may also make cross-border trade more efficient, we know it's the work of the devil. The spokesperson said such currencies will still be subject to national exchange rate risks. Now, by contrast, Bitcoin can be used as a base unit for international trade, meaning that every country will need to hold some Bitcoin reserves in order to facilitate efficient Conversions. So USA, where are you at? I know the USA's government currently holds quite a bit of Bitcoin, probably over 100,000 coins, but they tend to auction them off. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Now, I just see it working its way increasingly into the traditional banking system as a foundational part of that system. Now let's discuss Bitcoin for diversification. Franklin Templeton is one of the 13 applicants gunning for the Bitcoin spot ETF here in the US. As regulators grow more open-minded on the product, many analysts expect Franklin and other applicants to be approved for launch early next year. How many of you are hopeful that we'll get the approval by Gary and the SEC by January 10th? Let me know, fam. It's right around the corner, less than a month out. And by offering the Bitcoin exposure through the ETF wrapper, the fund will more easily find a way into investor portfolios. That's a given. Now, the analysts also call Bitcoin one of the best performing asset classes in the past decade, even when factoring in crypto winter. You're damn right. There, here's the math. Since 2011, uh, Bitcoin is up over 20 million percent. Find me another more appreciative asset. It doesn't exist. In fact, Bitcoin is the most appreciative asset in human freaking history. And we're just getting started. Now, as an alternative asset class, the spokesperson said Bitcoin can provide alternative exposure and diversification to portfolios and thus better risks adjusted returns. Shout out to Zero. We appreciate you gifting yet another membership. This dude is 
probably gifted 50 to 100 memberships by himself. So show him some serious love and congratulations, 23 flavors. You have just been blessed with a free membership for the channel. Now, over the next five to 10 years, uh, this analyst envisions crypto unlocking a slew of benefits that modern day investors and spenders are unfamiliar with, quoting him or her here, the money that I have in my account and the investments I make in my portfolio are going to act like uh, loyalty programs and unlock all sorts of benefits for me, she shared. So there, you freaking have it. Let me know if you think all those treasuries are likely to adopt Bitcoin as well. And it's just a sign of the time. Here's our next story for the day. We discussed the treasuries adopting Bitcoin. Now let's discuss El Loco, Mr. Javier Malay, the new president of Argentina. Uh, and guess what? Feliz Navidad. It's that time of the season. So Merry Christmas to my fam. You know what I mean? Hopefully you guys got all your Christmas shopping done. Today at the mall, it was crazy hectic, but my daughter got a Bitcoin in one of her toys. One of those like surprise mini brand toys. Yeah, you can now get some biddies. Uh, shout out Zero. We appreciate that super. Says thanks again for all your all you do, fam. Shout out to the Crypto News Alerts. Appreciate you guys. And shout out to the entire fam, especially you, Zero. You're the man. All right, let's break down this next story of the day. Discuss the latest with Javier Malay. Do you think Argentina will likely adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender? What are your thoughts? Well, here's some stuff you should know about uh, Javier Malay. Argentina welcomed the new president December 10th, pledging profound economic reforms in the country, including shutting down the central bank. Let's go. And including to the dissolution of the central bank, along with the a number of other measures aimed at reducing government size and spending. I'm all for that. You already know how I feel about the central banks. Now, President Javier Gerardo Malay is known as El Loco, the crazy one. <laughs> I like that nickname. He earned that at school due to his explosive personality. And during his campaign, Malay pushed his crazy persona onto the stage, proposing disruptive measures to the population heavily burdened with 161% annual inflation rate as of November. Now, interestingly, the Argentine peso inflated 161%. However, Bitcoin is up roughly 160% on the year. Coincidence? Interesting. His economic proposals are based on his decades of experience as an economist, ranging from advising Argentina's dictatorship from 1976 to my birth year of 1983, to working on private pension funds and banks, and also a professor of macroeconomics and microeconomics, having published several books and papers about economic growth. Now, Malay decided to become an economist at 12, good Lord, when the pesos exchange rate collapsed, sparking the country's first debt crisis back in the 1980s. And according to the media reports, Malay observed people fighting over groceries due to the situation. He then developed into the law of supply and demand, which says that demand for a product declines when the price rises and increases when the price drops, which is a key concept to understanding inflation. Now, the new president describes himself as a uh, minachist. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, fam, but a form of libertarianism that advocates for a minimal state and free markets. Now, Malay had been on the other side of the economic spectrum during his initial career. In a recent interview with The Economist, Malay said he was trained as a Keynesian uh, in college, a reference to John Manyard's uh, Kenya's economic theories about the importance of government in creating jobs and economic growth. A few years later, after completing his two master degrees, Malay found himself more aligned with the neoclassical ideals and the devotee of the real business cycle theory, a significant shift from the traditional key 
Keynesian views of the business cycle. Nowadays, he sees the government as a criminal organization. Kudos to him for even saying that because we all know it's true, right? And blames Argentina's central bank for the peso's devaluation over the past years. Quoting him here, the state is a criminal organization that lives off a coercive source of income called taxes. Preach. That's why I respect this dude. How many politicians or government leaders, such as the president of a country, is willing to say that? Not many. Now, although Malay is not formally acknowledged as a pro-crypto advocate, his ideologies align closely with several traditional core crypto principles. Malay believes that as time goes by, tech will allow us to move towards a free society in which contracts between individuals govern everything. That's right. Disruptive tech cutting out the middleman. BTC, let's go. Quitting him here. Contracts between individuals are the basis of the market. The market is a process of social cooperation where individuals voluntarily exchange property rights. His proposals for resolving Argentina's prolonged economic crisis do not explicitly include using Bitcoin or other crypto. However, he previously hinted at Bitcoin as an alternative to money or monetary authorities. Quitting Malay. We have to understand that the central bank is a scam. Preach. What Bitcoin represents is the return of money to its original creation, the private sector. Facts. Malay uh, promised to dollarize the Argentine economy, making the country's monetary system still under the eyes of the central bank, but in this case, the eyes of the United States Federal Reserve. Now, Max had a better idea. Instead of using the U.S. dollar, you can just use Tether and adopt Bitcoin. You don't need to adopt the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is dying along with the peso, at least in my opinion. What do you guys think? But quoting him here, what I do see that has become popular is that Malay is recognized as a Bitcoiner candidate when in fact he is not. In fact, he has mentioned on some occasions not being a specialist in crypto and has mentioned that they will not be the focus of his government, said Hernan Gonzalez, the press officer of the non-governmental organization Bitcoin Argentina. Now, we also have Fernando, an Argentine Bitcoin advocate and founder of the Bitcoin Perception, sharing a similar view. He said, while Malay has been praised, uh, praising Bitcoin in interviews, his official program lacks any specific friendly Bitcoin proposal. But there you have it. Let me know. Do you think Argentina will eventually dollarize, move away from the peso, and eventually incorporate Bitcoin some way, somehow? Let me know. Now, Max Kaiser, of course, he said he'll go fly out to Buenos Aires and orange pill this guy. I'd love for Max to speak with him along with Samson Mao and the rest, because we already know Bukele laid the blueprint and the foundation for the beautiful people of El Salvador. Now it's going to be a domino effect. Who else is likely to follow? Now, you got to keep in mind, the population of Argentina is massive. The population in El Salvador is quite small, probably just a few million people. So this would usher in mass adoption. So I'm hopeful that Malay gets orange-pilled, pleased by Max Kaiser, and uh, they adopt Bitcoin some way, somehow, maybe as a strategic move following in the blueprint of Bukele. Let me know your thoughts, crypto fam. <laughs> All right, fam, let's break down our next story, shall we? We just discussed El Loco, Javier Malay. Now let's discuss the latest between Coinbase and the SEC and their lawsuit. Here we go. The SEC has accused of gaslighting in the Coinbase rulemaking dispute. SEC, what are you guys doing? What are you guys running a criminal organization with Gensler as the head? <laughs> now, in the ongoing legal dispute between Coinbase and the US SEC, pro XRP lawyer John Deaton accused the SEC chair, Mr. No Clarity Gary, of gaslighting the public and disagreed with his stance 
on cryptocurrencies. The accusation comes amid the SEC rejecting the Coinbase crypto rulemaking petition for the following three reasons. Number one, applying current security laws to cryptos, the SEC's engagement with the crypto securities market through the rulemaking, and number three, the significance of preserving the commission's discretion in establishing its rulemaking priorities. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Deaton. Now, in the post, Deaton emphasized Gensler's statement outlining the reasons for the SEC decision, where the SEC chair states, there is nothing unique or new about crypto. Gensler added that Coinbase's rulemaking request relies on the belief in the distinctiveness of the crypto ecosystem concerning asset volatility and the categorization of all assets as securities under current laws. That's right. According to No Claire Gare, virtually everything minus Bitcoin is an unregistered security. So keep that in mind. Now, according to Deaton, this stance directly opposes the SEC chair's statement during his congressional testimony earlier in 2023. Deaton called Gensler asserting that crypto lies beyond the commission's scope due to its unique nature, creating a regulatory gap. Deaton stated that Coinbase's request relied on the SEC perspective as evidenced by prior communications. He also noted Gensler's complete reversal on the crypto issue, attributing it to political motives and backing from Senator Elizabeth Warren. So as Mr. No Clarity Gary colluding with Senator Elizabeth Warren? Of course they are. Just saying. We all know this. The SEC has been sending different signals about its approach to the crypto ecosystem, either through Gensler's words or through the commission's actions in general. And amid the ongoing legal disputes with Coinbase and Binance, the regulatory body declined to appeal its defeat against Grayscale Investments. The case involved the company's attempt to transform its Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which is the largest hodler Bitcoin of the world. It holds 600 120,000 BTC in their GBTC Bitcoin Trust product, and they're looking to convert their GBTC product, which is the largest holder of Bitcoin in the world, into a spot ETF. I think likely that will get the approval, and that may be one of the 13 that get approved in that basket by January 10th. But let me know your thoughts, crypto fam. And do you think Gary Gensler should be fired? Do you think he is colluding? Do you think he is corrupt? Let me know your thoughts. If you think Gensler should be fired or removed, put a one in the chat. We'll see how many ones we can get. Just simple and plain. If you don't like Gary, you think he is abusing his power as the sheriff of crypto and unlawful regulation as the head of the SEC, put a big fat one there and maybe they'll replace him. Put Hester Pierce in that position, the crypto mom. You know what I mean? No Claire Gare is no good, in my opinion. And he's not invest, uh, protecting the investors whatsoever. He's doing nothing but hurting us. And he has been for a very long time. Now we got to discuss what's going on with Saudi Arabia, the largest oil company in the world, buying billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, according to one and only high priest. Max Kaiser, and then we'll dive into the $1 million price prediction by Samson Mao and get this mofo lit. So here you go. Uh, Saudi Aramco considers digital assets and more. So here is the latest. Traditional financial firms are increasingly connecting services, portfolios, and operations with digital assets, taking advantage of the crypto winter to build and find a market fit for crypto-related solutions. Recent examples include Deutsche Bank's asset management arm, DWS, which recently announced a new venture with Galaxy Digital and Flow Traders to jointly issue a Euro-dominated stablecoin. And in another development, here's the big news. Oil company Saudi Aramco, not just a oil company, the largest in the world, that of Saudi Arabia, signed an agreement with financial services firm SBI Holdings, not just some regular institution, but the largest bank out of Japan, and about a possible collaboration on digital assets and co-investments in SBI's digital asset 
portfolios. Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, pension fund MNG has invested $20 million into the country's first regulated Bitcoin derivatives exchange, which is global futures and options holdings. Crypto firms are also gearing up to receive additional demand from institutional investors in 2024. On December 13th, the IOTA Foundation announced the integration with Fireblocks to allow the tokenization of real-world assets. Now check out there's other big news here. Japan's SBI looking to Saudi Aramco to continue its Middle East expansion. This is what I want to touch upon here. Japanese financial services firm SBI and Saudi Arabian state-owned oil company Saudi Aramco are considering teaming up on digital asset investments and semiconductor production projects. The two signed a memorandum of understanding on cooperation that includes establishing SBI Middle East in Raida as a base for the regional operations. And according to the document, SBI and Saudi... Aramco will consider collaborating on digital assets and co-investing in their digital asset portfolios. They may also identify Japanese digital asset startups interested in expanding to Saudi Arabia and launch semiconductor production projects in both countries. Now, here's something, quoting Max Kaiser, I shared this. This was actually the main story in yesterday's podcast episode. If you missed it, be sure to check it out. But I shared here, quoting Max Kaiser, what I heard nine months ago and reported on is happening. Aramco is doing a Michael Saylor and putting billions of dollars into Bitcoin. The FOMO is real. And I shared this earlier. It's already been blowing up over on X. I appreciate Max Kaiser and everyone who retweeted the story. Max also recently tweeted on the back of the headline I just read you, translation, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Qatar about to drop $1 trillion into Bitcoin. And he also said uh, back on December 3rd, the God candle is a 100,000 uptick in Bitcoin. It's in play. It will shift the global access of wealth and power in one tick. He also mentions, I have one word for you, $100,000 Bitcoin. God candle fans, Qatar. The rumors are getting very loud on this. Their sovereign wealth fund is rumored to be looking to buy a half a trillion worth of BTC. And he continues here. You can see you have the Emir of uh, Qatar, basically means their president or you know king, with Bukele meeting up. They actually met a few months back over in El Salvador. And Kaiser shared here update to add clarity. My source said, Bitcoin makes our one half trillion sovereign wealth fund effectively worthless. We should just convert all of it into Bitcoin. Now, how do you think that would impact the Bitcoin price action if they were to announce something like that, let alone actually do it? Here's our feature story of the day, the latest from Samson Mao, doubling down on his prediction that Bitcoin will hit $1 million per coin next year in 2024 in a matter of days or weeks after the approval of the spot ETF by the SEC. And we all know, big deadline coming up, January 10th. So let's break this baby down, shall we? And if you're just joining us, be sure to smash the like on the stream. I greatly appreciate that. So yeah, here's the headline. Spot Bitcoin ETF approval to propel Bitcoin to a million dollars in days to weeks, says Samson Mao. And after this stream on YouTube for the uncensored podcast version, we're gonna be on Rumble and I'm gonna be doing a live video reacts to this video of Samson Mao. But first and foremost, here's some of the highlights uh, from the interview. I translated this a little earlier and quoting him word for word right here. The real rally is when we go to a million dollars and that is when the spot ETFs are approved and we have tens of billions, maybe hundreds of billions of dollars flowing into Bitcoin in a very short time frame. I'm talking about weeks or days. So that is 
the real rally. So there you have it. He's saying that the real rally is going to be after the spot ETF approval. Bitcoin can literally hit seven figures in 2024. Now that is literally six years before Kathy Wood was anticipating the million dollar price target which we commonly cover here on the show as well. Samson also recently tweeted, it has come to my attention. There are some Bitcoiners that don't think Bitcoin can reach a million dollars in a matter of days or weeks after the ETF money starts flowing in. They're in for a pleasant surprise. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Samson. You know what I mean? Now, also, he recently shared in 2017, it took roughly nine months for Bitcoin to go from $1,000 to $20,000. That's 20X, right, fam? Now, the block subsidy was 12 and a half. There was a lot more Bitcoin sloshing around on the exchanges. Mining was boiling the oceans, and there was zero institutional money coming in. That's right. There was no institutional FOMO back then. Now, 1000 to 20000 clearly 20x. And to go from 50000 to a million dollars is just rinse and repeat another 20x. In fact, the local high we hit back in November is actually 69000 So it could even be higher if we do another 20x. But what are your thoughts on that, fam? Now I want to read for you some of the math behind this uh, prediction. And also, Samson Mao did another recent interview discussing that the SEC will likely approve all the Bitcoin ETFs at the same time. Like all of them, there's currently 13 apps in awaiting approval to be greenlit by Gensler and the SEC. But here's some of the math behind uh, the prediction. I just read for you the actual tweet, ultimately projecting another 20X, which would take us to that million dollar price point. The Bitcoin analyst provides a mathematical breakdown supporting Mao's prediction. Payne's analysis emphasizes the rapid pace at which Bitcoin price can grow, stating people acting like Samson Mao are insane for his million dollar price call and forget how fast Bitcoin can happen, which is the exact mindset needed for such a thing to occur. Now, Payne details analysis begins with the fundamentals of supply and demand, calculating the new supply for the cycle, estimating 136,000 BTC for the current epoch and 656,000 BTC for the next, approximately totaling 792,000 BTC. This analyst also considers the potential sale of old Bitcoin based on this metric of the hollow waves, estimating that 10, or I'm sorry, 15 to 20% of the old circulating supply could come up for sale as it did in the previous cycle. And in such an extreme scenario, if 20% of the old Bitcoin were sold over the next four years, this would amount to approximately 3.8 million BTC. And shout out to look into Bitcoin. Here you're looking at the Bitcoin one plus year hollow wave metric chart, which shows that 70% plus of the Bitcoin has not moved in over the past year. So massive shout out to all my long-term hodlers. Another statistic, 91% of all Bitcoin hodlers are currently in profit and in the green, so you gotta love that. Now, other potential sources of capital. To achieve a $1 million per Bitcoin price uh, valuation, the analyst argues that a total capital influx of roughly $4.5 trillion would be needed. He identified two major potential sources for this capital, let's break it down, pointing to U.S. retirement savings, which total approximately $35 trillion. So a mere 5% reallocation from these savings to Bitcoin would amount to $1.75 trillion. Now, secondly, he considered U.S. corporate treasuries, which hold around $1 trillion. And if 10% of this were invested into Bitcoin, it'd add another $100 billion 
into the market. You also got to consider the multiplier effect, which we haven't even taken into consideration. Now, beyond these sources, Payne highlights several other factors to drive Bitcoin price to a million. These include the potential for further adoption of Bitcoin by nation states. That's right. We've been talking about Qatar. We've been talking about Iran. We've been talking about the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, all doing deals in Bitcoin, as per what I just read for you out loud from the high priest, Max Kaiser. So if you factor all that, the sovereign wealth funds, the nation state adoption, et cetera, these are all more bullish catalysts. And yes, we have a halving in four months, ETF approval in a couple of months. So this can turn into fruition. Now, moreover, he pointed out to the possibility of the reduced supply of the old Bitcoin coming to the market due to the steadfastness of the current hodlers. The fact that an unprecedented number of Bitcoin are in the diamond hands, uh, more of whom than ever believe in hyper-Bitcoinization narrative, could diminish that 20% hollow wave dip to 15 or even 10%. Now, you let me know your thoughts surrounding this prediction. He also talks about which countries are likely to adopt Bitcoin next as a legal tender. Let's touch upon this because this was an excellent interview. He talks about Panama, Indonesia, Argentina, we were just talking about Javier Malay, the new Argentine president. Indonesia has a massive population, probably over a couple hundred million people, something crazy like that. And then we got Panama, another country in Central America, not too far from El Salvador, just south of Costa Rica. I've been to Panama many times. I used to actually live in Costa Rica. And uh, yeah, great place to be. Bitcoin is progressively entering into the political debate as well. We have a 2024 presidential election around the corner. We have RF. FK Jr. running as a independent. Uh, he is pro-Bitcoin and anti-CBDC. We have Vivek Ramsawani running as a Republican who is pro-Bitcoin, anti-CBDC. And we also have Ron DeSantis, current governor of Florida, who claims to be pro-Bitcoin and anti-CBDC. So let me know who you feel will likely win this presidential election. But I want to get deeper into what he thinks about as far as the next nation state adoption of Bitcoin, considering that's his expertise. And he is working with so many presidents and leaders around the world that are looking to adopt Bitcoin. So they were. he was asked here, do you see potential in Africa, especially on the mining side? And he says there is potential in decentralizing the hash rate and getting more of it into Africa. But he says Africa might end up building a significant chunk of the hash rate by creating new power sources. Now, when asked what is the most promising country in the future in terms of Bitcoin adoption, here's what Samson shared. I think there's a few. Panama is interesting. They don't have a central bank, so they can do something relatively quickly. There's one candidate that we have connections to, and if he wins the elections, then we can talk about Bitcoin. And as I said, Indonesia is also interesting. Uh, Ridwan Kamil is the governor of West Java, and I think he'll be running for vice president. He understands Bitcoin, and also we forget to mention Mexico. He understands the potential for mining to transform the country. So that's another big interesting place for us to look at. And I think Argentina is also one because of El Loco, <laughs> Javier Malay. I think there will be challenges afoot, large-scale challenges, and we have to direct that change towards Bitcoin. I think he is going to dollarize, but we want him to dollarize and Bitcoinize Preach. So there you have it, my crypto fam. What are your thoughts surrounding the one and only Samson Mao projecting the Bitcoin price can hit $1 million per coin within days or weeks after the Bitcoin spot ETF approval by the SEC? Let me know your thoughts 
in the comments right down below. And to watch the recent interview he did with Cointelegraph entitled 1 million Bitcoin price prediction for 2024, check the show notes below the video in the description. And don't forget, after the YouTube stream ends, we shall continue with the uncensored version of the show here. We're gonna be doing a live react session to this 10 minute interview with Samson Mao and his $1 million Bitcoin price prediction. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL!